Hello and welcome to another episode of Just Bricks, brought to you by Sporting News and Kick It Forward. Uh, we've got a special guest this week, Tyson Beck. Now, he's very much a huge part of the NBA world, but you might not have heard of him if you're not in the basketball card world. Uh, Tyson's from Adelaide. He's made a name for himself across the NBA internationally with a world uh, of athletes, not just basketball players. And we're very fortunate to have him on the podcast today. How are you going, Tyson? Oh, I'm good. Thanks. Thanks, Josh. Um, it's a nice little speak up about me. Appreciate it. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, a, it's always hard to start a podcast like this, but your last sort of 10 years has been pretty astronomical uh, for someone that, you know, probably started from the outside in, in the basketball card and design world to now see what you've achieved. Do you ever look back and sort of pinch yourself a little bit? Oh, I'm just kind of living in the moment. I think I'll look back, I reckon, in maybe another 10 to 15 years and and kind of maybe appreciate what I'm doing now, later. Um, it's just so, so crazy right now that I don't really kind of have time to kind of reflect on things. Um, it's just like, yeah, in the moment, there's always something coming up. I'm always planning ahead. So, yeah. But um, I think, yeah, when I'm a little bit older, I'll look back and kind of hopefully be proud of myself. So for those that don't know, what can you describe what exactly you are? Like what you do, what is your day-to-day? Uh, like, yeah, I'm a, a graphic designer and artist. Um, essentially, uh, probably for the, from like um, 2005 to 2020, uh, 2020, sorry, I was kind of predominantly just working um, with like sports teams, leagues, agencies players whatever just doing like um you know design work social media graphics whatever i worked with the nba for eight years doing like all their digital branding so like every time you saw like an nba all-star weekend or nba finals or draft generally i would make the assets uh i would make the branding of it and everything you see on social media um up until 2020 i did that for eight years um but i mean like that was kind of a dream of mine to kind of work with the nba and work with some of these teams. Um, like I worked with the Lakers, the New York Knicks and a bunch of players as well. But I guess like the more I kept doing it, the more I realized, like, I mean, yeah, I don't know. Like I wasn't enjoying it by the end. I was like, I, I really kind of had a passion to go out and like bet on myself and do something different. Um, so that's kind of when the card thing happened. Cause I was like, well, I've been making cards with tops. Um, and I've done uh, a few things with Panini as well since 2014. So kind of six years in that space. And I was like, man, like I see this stuff and I was like, why, why can't I do it myself? Why can't I just work with these players uh, directly? Um, these athletes, I've formed connections. I've, you know, I've got a, a brand and a name behind myself. And instead of working for like these big companies, like which always looks cool in a portfolio, like a dream of your most people's. But I think when looking back, it's like, I think the, the goal is to kind of like build, build something up, like build, build something up, like create something yourself rather than work for a big corporate company. And I think I've been really proud to be able to do that since 2020 and kind of just like, yeah, just build it for myself and um, rather than working with other people. And we'll get into what you're doing right now in a second, but how did you start out? Mm -hmm. You're a graphic designer by trade. Did you study? How did you transition? No, I mean, like, first thing I said, first thing I remember was like doing a digital photography class in like high school. It was like year nine or 10 or something. And it was just like, we had to make a magazine cover of ourselves and we had Photoshop like CS or something. And um, I, I loved it. Like, I've always been huge into sport and I wanted to do something in sport, but I'm not good enough to kind of play it and get paid to play it. 
Um, so I was just like, well, I'm good at maths. That was the only thing I was good at. And then I was like, I was kind of always good at drawing and playing around on the computers and digital design. So I was like, well, I don't know, I can't kind of combine the two, but you know, back then we're talking about 2005, there was no social media. There was no like sports content, social media content. It really wasn't a sports design community or nothing, nothing compared to what it is today, which is like a huge thing, a huge community. So like, it wasn't like I aspired to do something. It was just, it really wasn't there. I used to just make wallpapers and signatures and avatars for people on forums for free. Like I would just put my name in the corner and I would did that for three, four years. And then over time, I, like my name just started getting noticed. And then I was like, I think I was 17. And my first kind of gig was like doing stuff for the Lakers at 17, which is really cool. Um, and then, yeah, ever since then, it's just been, yeah, just hit the ground running and just been crazy ever since then. Wait, so you're 17 in Adelaide and the Lakers, the LA Lakers reach out to you to say, hey, can you, like, we like your edits. Um, did they know you were 17? Did they know that this guy in Australia I don't know. was just a kid? Like they just liked the- Yeah, just- I, I, yeah I don't know if they knew my age was 17. Like, I mean, I should, they would have known I was young. I don't know if they probably thought I was 18, hopefully. I, I don't know what the rules are in terms of like work and everything, but they just used to pay by check. check. So like America, especially back then, was very old school. Every time you worked um, for like uh, these uh, NBA teams or leagues and things like that, like they give you a check. But it was cool thing is you get a check in the mail and I had the Lakers logo on a check. So I'd go into the bank and cash it in and like the people, the bank tellers would be like, oh, do you play for the Lakers? I was like, no, I just make, I just make graphics for them. <laughs> so it wasn't that cool, but yeah. Uh, when did it start wrapping up up for you? So you, you're getting checks in Adelaide, you, you're working in the industry you want to work in. When did sort of your life start to really shift and you thought, wow, this is a thing that I could make a career out of? Um, Yeah, I guess like I've always been like a really like, I was doing you know, a bunch of like free, like freelance work, like nothing that I could kind of like live out of home and like work on full time. Like I would work, I was stacking shelves at Big W at night for five, six years and just doing this stuff during the day. Like it was kind of perfect for me. Um, but, you know, I kind of really took it seriously probably around, um, maybe it was like 2015, 2016. So probably like 10 years later when like I couldn't, I couldn't even like, I didn't even have time to kind of like, sleep or shower or do catch up with friends and i mean there's huge sacrifices that were made because i just had that much work coming in and i had no time available so at that point i was like nah like this is going all in like i'm going to work for myself set it up and um yeah it was probably around that yeah 2014 kind of mark it all just went, went crazy and that was kind of when the nba reached out to me and when the NBA reached out to me they just gave me a, it was funny they reached out to like 30 different designers we weren't told this and to just to make one graphic, I think it was one or two, maybe. No, it was one. And um, there was just to announce, like, I think it was like a campaign. It was like everybody's up or something. It was like, you know how they have a campaign to kind of launch the season. So it was 30 different artists that made just a graphic. And then they put it on, we didn't know, but they put it on Reddit. And then they made the fans vote, which was the best poster. And then the three best, the three highest um, scoring, um, the three whatever, most well-received or whatever out of the 30 would then get a continuous like gig with the NBA going forward. And we didn't know any of this, and which is cool because like if we did, you just tell your friends and everyone to vote for you. So it was all very organic and natural. And unfortunately, like I was one of the three that was ch- selected. So then ever since then, it was just like, I was working with the NBA 365 days a year, just 
I thought I was just going to get one little graphic. So um, ever since then, it's been wild. And then, yeah, that's probably where it kicked off. That's insane. The fact they outsourced the entire like HR process to Reddit and it worked out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's pretty funny. Yeah, that's pretty much what they did. <laughs> well, it saves a lot of time. Um, so you, 2014, you, you go to the NBA. Mm. What would you were a Lakers fan growing up? You have I saw a video mm-hmm. earlier. You have one of the biggest Lakers jersey collection or Kobe jersey collection uh-huh. ever. Yeah. I don't know if that still exists. Um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> does does that still exist? Probably pretty corny looking back at that video now. <laughs> Hopefully, people don't YouTube it or Google it, or whatever. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. It was pretty, I, I stopped at that time, sort of thing. I just I I don't know. I just stopped collecting at that time. <laughs> well, it, it just showed your passion for basketball in the first place. Mm. Second, this came. So for after twenty fourteen, what were some of the moments that where you you worked on things where you had interactions with actual players, or whether it's coaches and organizations which stand out for you? Um. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, that's a that's a good question. Um, I mean, the NBA was cool just to work with them, but in terms of like um, like I uh, like as you mentioned, like the Kobe stuff. Like I grew up like a massive Kobe fan. So around about that time, or a little bit before that, I was doing stuff. I was doing work on his website, which is kind of cool. I mean, it was very very minor work, but then also when he retired in his last season, there would he had that whole obviously like campaign of him retiring, and Panini reached out to me and they wanted me to do a bunch of things like uh, his autograph official autograph memorabilia when he was retiring, and I mean some of that stuff's like crazy now looking back. Like I mean that some of the pieces I made are like the most like bootlegged like pieces of work that in the industry like they're just in every like like people just reprint it and like these chinese factories and everything just make fakes of them and it's crazy i always see them and it's kind of cool like at the same time like see him popping up and everything and but it was really special to kind of work on his last season like his kind of official memorabilia in his last season that was that was one thing that stood out for sure um yeah that's insane so you see you see the the designs you made, which you obviously put so much time into because it meant a lot, mm. would have gone overs on the amount of investment of time. So you now, now I don't know, you're traveling in Vietnam or you're in China or you just see on a random yeah. video, you're like, oh, I made that. Well, I made a version of that. Yeah, it's crazy. I get tagged and stuff all the time. And I mean, I used to get really pissed off at the start. Like, you know, I'd be like, contact them and please take this down. And like, you know, but now it's just like, you know what? At the end of the day, like they wouldn't be trying to do this if they didn't think it was cool or look. So I was like, I take it as a compliment now. It's like, well, I mean, they're reselling it. I, I don't even sell it myself. So it's just like, whatever. Like um, I take it as a compliment sort of thing. It's the ultimate form of flattery, right? If they're if they're willing to break the law to put it out there, so it's good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that's right. I've got one Kobe story just quickly, and it it might involve you. So when we were when I was fourteen, my mum won a raffle at a basketball stadium, and won a mm-hmm. signed Kobe jersey from I think the twenty two thousand and nine championship. And oh wow! Yeah, yeah, signed, and she didn't want it. She was like, "Oh, how big is it? Oh, that's not going to fit in my living room." And then they were, they told her it was worth about fifteen hundred dollars. So she goes, oh, okay, I'll take it. I'll eBay it. She didn't know what eBay was. So for yeah. 20 years or, or so, like 15 years, it sat in her garage. Mm-hmm. And so her, my older brother ended up being a professional basketballer. I ended up being a basketball journalist. So we sort of, and played yeah. basketball forever. So we devote our lives to the sort of this game. And then three years ago, she gave it to a builder who redid her kitchen. 
because he did such a good job. And we only <laughs> at Christmas because we were like, where's the Kobe jersey? Where's our retirement? And it's been given away. So um, oh, we all have been touched by this man. That's uh, that's crazy. Yeah, I think his signed jerseys go for like maybe five, six K minimum these days. And I mean, if you're mentioning something in like a championship year or something, I mean, that's probably even going to have extra value to it. Um, yeah, that's wild. I don't even have a sign. Oh no, I've got one. I got a, a one signed jersey. Um, but right. yeah, that um, yeah, it's in, it kind of crazy to like his the market of his stuff just went insane. But I mean, yeah, um, we don't have to talk yeah, about it anymore. Right? We can we can drop it. All right. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> the last couple of years, we going out on your own, and you've had some crazy collaborations. Um, I'll just. Mm -hmm list a couple dennis rodman aaron judge hasbullah was a random one obviously kobe previously worked <laughs> in person with uh with dirk nowitzki and tyson fury insane um did any stick out so you've you've crossed over to other other sports as well now how does that work now firstly do, do they reach out to you do you reach out to them um and do any of those interactions stand out yeah. So in terms of like how they work, it's kind of all different. I mean, it's, it's a case by case scenario, so they're not all the same. So, you know, some I'll reach out, um, some are like, uh, at the end of the day, a lot of uh, players are signed by the, like it's the same agency, like an agency will have, you know, a hundred players and they'll just give me a list and they'll be like, you know, choose the players you want and sort of thing like that. Like it's, uh, it's not like a kind of like a cool story. It's just them just sharing <laughs> the players that they've got under their belt um but a lot I, i've got some, um, someone working for me in america and they kind of source deals and stuff for me um but yeah then some most of them kind of just hit up you'll be like hey you got interest in doing this player and i either go yes or no and then you know we work out a fee and things like that so uh it's pretty good now like at the start i kind of felt like i was trying to like needing to kind of like sell myself this is what i do and everything but now it's just like most of the offers just come to me um in terms of like what sticks out i mean there was kind of cool ones like um some of the signings like some of the signings are like i wish i kind of had a film crew and everything behind me like because some of those cool things are like really cool like it's not like you know just like at a signing session or things like that like floyd mayweather's like we met up with him in atlantic city he was playing in the uh the blackjack table by himself um and he just like we were just waiting around there he just told me to kind of bring the cards there and you know we we was playing a few hands and he and, and then after that we just went up to his hotel room but it was kind of crazy walked with his entourage of like there was at least like 10 deep of like security and everything with him and like every single person that like i've never kind of walked through a room and like every single person knew who he was like it's like oh that's Floyd, that's Floyd. like the whole casino knew and we had to go through like the kid the back way that he's like because we couldn't use a lift the public lift we had to go through the kitchen and all that stuff like the back way and then we just went up to his room and and we we're just signing cards um and uh he was a little bit like i could tell he was like sussing me out sort of thing like like i don't know it's like i felt like he wasn't he wasn't like kind of like openly talking to me he had all his friends he was talking to them and they were just talking about basketball and it was funny because it was like oh man i like i know everything about basketball so i was kind of like saying a few things and like he was just like you could tell he wasn't really kind of like that interested in like my opinion on basketball because like him and his <laughs> mates had his opinion. and then so he was like testing one of his mates go all right we'll test you out which is actually really a, it was a funny story we got he goes if you know so much about basketball um they're like um who tell me who Corey williams is and it was funny because this guy this guy grew up playing basketball with Corey williams i don't think he knew that Corey williams is out in australia sort of thing 
Yeah. So he was just like, yeah, if you know, if you know everything about basketball, who's Corey Williams? I said, oh, Homicide Williams. And like him and Floyd looked at each other and were like, no way. They're like, how do you know that? How do you? Do you know homicide? And then I was like, no, nah, no, nah, I don't really like. But he's like, oh, I grew up playing basketball with him in in the um in New York and everything. And then outside of from then onwards, they were just like super chatty with me, asking about my opinion on players. It was kind of like it broke the ice, me knowing Corey Homicide Williams, which is kind of funny. Far out! Shout out to Corey Homicide Williams for um breaking the ice with Floyd May- yeah. Mayweather. That's that's yeah. awesome. Um, <laughs> yeah, so that was an interesting one. And as far as anyone else, like there's been a couple recently in Melbourne. Uh, oh, yeah. Dirk Nowitzki, I mean, Tyson Fury has seems to have a gravity about him as well. I don't know if it's just fighters in general. Uh, do they stand? Yeah, out- Ty- yeah, Tyson Fury definitely does. I mean, I'm not the biggest boxing fan myself. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but one thing I found interesting about Tyson was um, like it wasn't like some of the boxing stuff. It's all for show. Like they're all just talk shit and they're not really like that in person. Man, mm-hmm. he, he was switched on. He was he he is what he is. Everything you see on TV, that's what he's like. Um, it was yeah. Whereas other players, you kind of they're not like that. You know, you know when a camera's there and they're trying to, you know, portray something. But he was he was he's just a joyful character. He's like really cool to be around. He's really funny. Dirk, Dirk as well. Like he he was cool. Like for example, like if you asked him like when we're signing cards, like at the end of the day, I try and talk to athletes as when you signing cards. Cause it's like nothing worse than just, you know, sitting for 45 minutes, just writing your name, you know, a couple hundred times. So, uh, to, you know, get the conversation going. It kind of like makes it feel a lot quicker. Like 45 minutes ends up feeling like 20 minutes. And Dirk was really cool. Like if you asked him questions that he really wanted to answer, he put the pen down. Uh, he put the card down and leaned back and he'd, he'd actually like look you in the eye and answer the question. So it's like, he didn't want to do it while signing. And I thought that was really cool. And I mean, with Dirk, like he, I grew up, like my favorite era of basketball was 2000 to 2010. So he's right in that era. So I asked him like a bunch of questions. Like, I mean, I asked him like, who's the best player you've ever played against? Or like, and he said, Kobe, like not, not even, he's like, it's not even close. Like Kobe's the best I've ever played against. He's the best player ever. Um, and, uh, and then I asked him a bunch of questions about like the Miami Heat thing. Like, you know, the whole thing of like, how Wade and LeBron was mocking him um, yeah. uh, when he was sick. And he like, that was just cool to hear about his, like all his, uh, uh, yeah, just everything that went through with that finals and him turning it around and that being like a spark for him. And that, yeah, that was really cool just to hear it from him. Cause I mean, that's kind of my, uh, I don't know. It's the right word, but that's kind of my fetish. Like that era of basketball. Like I just love hearing stuff from that era of basketball. Well, I feel like Dirk inspired an entire generation of unathletic kind of lanky white dudes who are like, you know what, there yeah. is, even though he's seven foot one and he can kind of get his shot anywhere and he's like amazing, you know, there's maybe a spot for me on some rec team or something like that. So um, that's so awesome. And especially because he loves Australia as well. I, when he came out, I guess he yeah. kind of would have looked at it like, wow, I get to go back to this place that I had such a amazing time in the off season, one, one off season with. So what, what do you say about that? Did he yeah. mention about his love for Australia at all or anything like that? Yeah, he did. I actually, that was one of the questions I asked him. I was just like, oh, you came down to Australia before. And because I was just like, I heard that there was um you, because there was some thing in the um, newspaper or something in Adelaide once and he like rented out a combi van. He went down <laughs> Hindley Street and he was just like, nah, I've never been there. He's like, I've never been to Adelaide. That was a bunch of BS. I was oh, like, wow. okay, interesting. I was like, why did you come out to Australia? And he was just like, oh, well, he's like, so when they lost to um, Miami, what was it? They lost or Golden State Warriors. 
No, they got lost. Yeah, they lost the Golden State Warriors, and he wanted to just get away uh, from everything somewhere that nobody would know his name. Nobody know. Nobody would know who Dirk Nowinski is. So he uh, he thought, well, Australia, perfect place. No one will know. No one will know Barcelona. No one will know me down here. And um, he went to go straight away, straight after the series. But the NBA actually basically blocked him from coming to Australia because they wanted him to wait like a week to do the MVP awards thing. He had to accept the award, like he had to be there in person, which is always an embarrassing thing. I think it's happened a few times where you get bounced that first round and you accept an NBA MVP trophy, you know, and you're not even in the, like you've been bounced out of the first round, which is great. But yeah, he, and so when he came out, he said he was shocked. He was like, what the hell? People know me here. Like people were coming up to him asking for, for, like he, he was just like, he couldn't, he just couldn't believe it. He was, he just thought that Australia would have no idea about the NBA, no idea about him. And he was shocked, but he said he loved the place. He absolutely loved it. And which is one of the reasons he came back. But the reason why he came here originally was because he tried to find a country that, that would have no idea about him. <laughs> well, I feel like Germans always have a weird, strong connection to like Australia as well. So, I mean, that probably didn't escape him either. I've got a couple more questions for you, uh, Tyson. Mm-hmm. Um, you've, you've been this designer and then gone out on your own during a basketball card boom. <laughs> uh, what's that been like to see the prices fluctuate so greatly in the industry you're actually in? It's been wild. Um, I mean, fortunately, I feel like my stuff's kind of like been a little bit different. I know the the, the boom happened in 2020 um, and then 2021, and then it all kind of went down. I'm talking about collectively as an industry. Then it went down in 2022 and then 2023 to kind of back to where it was in 2019. Um, so, I mean, if you bought in 2020 or 2021, you're looking not great, but if you had it before, it's still the same or, or if not high, but it's interesting, my releases this year, like 2022 and 2023 were better than the, the bubble years. So that's been super interesting for me. The fact that I've done better and I've been doing, I mean, I guess I'm building, I feel like I'm building an upwards trajectory, whereas like the carb market kind of had a bubble and went up and down like a roller coaster. Um, but I mean, my stuff is quite different because it is niche. It is uh, limited edition runs, like it's not mass produced, so it is kind of treated a little different. Um, but just seeing it from the outside's wild. Like there was a there was crazy period where I was doing baseball cards, and we'd do a print on demand release, and you know they would sell. Oh, I can't even remember like thirty thousand of them in like a seven hour window. Uh, sorry, a seven day window or something. And then those same cards we're doing the next year, we're selling like a thousand of them like or you know less than a thousand like 800 of them like that's that was just wild to see that i think it was all that stimulus money in the u.s like everyone was just going crazy buying things uh how do you stay in adelaide you've got all these international contracts you've got so much work um how have you managed to stay in adelaide most of this time yeah i mean i guess that's the beauty of kind of like the industry and everything like i mean if if i could never if i um I don't think I'll ever leave. I don't think there's any need to leave. I don't think anyone could offer me enough money to leave and do something like I can just like a laptop is my workstation. I can do, uh, you know, I can do, I can do work on it. I can make art on it. I can um, do meetings on it. I can, you know, talk to people like you on it. I don't think there's ever a need to me to be somewhere. Um, There's definitely been offers and everything, but um, yeah, I've just kind of, I think that's one of the things I've kind of been, um, pretty happy about because like you know when I wanted to build a career especially in the creative 
industry, a lot of people kind of study and then their first thing from Adelaide is they go to Melbourne or Sydney or they go, you know, somewhere overseas or something. And for me, I was like, no, I don't want to be one of those people. I don't want to just have to, you know, work a corporate, work in an agency and a corporate agency. I was like, man, like, you know, if I'm doing the work, people are going to come to me. Like, I don't need to go to them. And that's kind of been my mindset since day one. Uh, finally, you mentioned the Kobe uh, retirement uh, art you did for for his retirement. Do you have a favorite collaboration or, you know, a top five or things that stand out from some of the designs you've done, whether that's recently or in the past? Does anything stand out above the rest? Yeah, I mean, for sure. Like one of my favorites is the is Jason Tatum, Jason Tatum trading card collab I did because that was the first one. And I remember like that was the first one I did. So it was just like, for me, it was like a big bet. It was like, it was like going down to the TAB and putting like freaking, you know, like 20 grand or something on a, on a, on a wild bet or something. Like it was like, I, I invested like, I can't, I can't remember. I think it was like half the price of my house. Like I was like, um, you know, it was just like, I'm just going to go all in. And I, I had no history of this. Like I didn't know how sales would go. I was bloody nervous, but I like had kind of like working with tops and everything. I could kind of see that it would be successful if I did it right. Um, but I was like, you know what, like I'm sick of kind of working with these companies all the time in terms of like, like them getting the control and doing everything. I was like, I want to just build something up, have my own baby, kind of build it my way. So I feel like that always has a special place for me. Not that the artwork's the best or the play is the best, but it's more so the meaning and putting that money, money down and betting on myself. And it, like it sold out in a few minutes. And like, you know, I went from like potentially thinking, am I going to lose heaps of money to then like, within like 60 seconds of the sale, I already broke even. I was like, Oh, amazing. Like, <laughs> um, and then ever since then it's kind of been rolling on. And in terms of like the other kind of collabs that probably, I mean, definitely, um, oh, what else has there been? I mean, like just doing like a, there's just been ones that aren't like the Patty, Patty, Patty Mills, uh, the doing a, uh, a rose gold, uh, card. I think that dropped straight away. Like when he won the, the medal for Australia, that was just a cool, moment like um that was a special moment doing something like that Steph Curry would have been up there just because like that what Steph Curry brings the most probably influential player of this generation one of the greatest players of all time um just to kind of land that and 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 put that out there like that that was just wild to see and the amount of interest like I had 60,000 people swarm to my site and try and buy them the amount that was craziness um so those kind of three kind of yeah stick out as um special highlights for me and finally uh before i let you go mate what's your advice to young creatives who think they might be finding a niche or that they, they, they're trying to find or they might not have faith in what they're doing what's your advice for them oh man uh like 100 percent, just just go with your gut instinct i mean if i listen to other people I wouldn't be here. I'd probably, I probably wouldn't even be designing. I'd probably be working a corporate job somewhere or still at big W stacking shelves or something like, you know, I've been told so many times, like, you know, I think when I reflected on before, like when, I, what I was doing, like basically the sports content, I was basically doing like the social media graphics you would see now that like, it is just every team, every league does. I was doing that, but basically on wallpapers and on forums and things like that, like Derek Rose would drop 40. I'd make like a cool thing on the forum, like things like th things that weren't even ready at that time. But um, I don't know. It was just like, I just went for it. And I was just like, you know, I believe that people are going to, people resonate with this content. People like it. Um, you know, people love sport, people love unique things. And 
I kind of just went with that. So in terms of like, you know, if you're doing something different, if you're um, being told like, nah, this isn't a good idea, stick to this lane, do this, do that. Nah, just kind of just keep plugging away. Um, the one thing that people always ask me is like, oh, how do you, how do you do these cards? Like, how do they sell out so quick? How, how do you launch these things? Like, I want to get into it. And the one thing I tell them, and I say, well, this isn't a, this isn't like an, uh, an interesting, an interesting, um, uh, kind of point of view to how it's done, but I'll tell you the truth, how it's done. It was, I built up my brand for 20 years and I didn't ever reach out. I didn't sell things. I didn't have a shop. Like I, I would just kind of build my brand. I'd give people free wallpapers all the time, free things online. So then I felt like, you know, after nearly 20 years of doing it, it was like when I came to start selling, I, people were happy to support me because I'd kind of been this source of free content and free, um, you know, just cool things sharing online for so long that people were happy to kind of return, you know, their respect and support me. So I was like, you could go that way and play the long game or you could try and go the short game. But I think the long game will always win out. Tyson, thanks so much. Uh, if you want to check out Tyson's stuff, uh, you can find it all online at your website, Tyson's, that's right. And mm -hmm. um, I'm excited yeah, yeah. to come and I uh, know. Thank you so much for joining us on Just Bricks. Oh, 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 oh